All right, hallelujah. Blessed be the King. Amen. Father, we do thank you for this night. Do humble ask and request in the mighty name of Jesus for understanding to be open as you expound us your truth uh, through the vessel that you have chosen. Uh, continue to strive with us as your people. Uh, we need your word in the hour that we're in. But no doubt we're fighting against spiritual weaknesses in high places. So help us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we had a um, blessed and wonderful time. Um, you know, we had different spiritual oppositions and at different points and stuff. But overall, um, we had a prosperous journey. A prosperous journey. Um, the um, uh, the scripture over in Third John two one says, "Beloved, I wish above all things that thou prosperous." And being helpful, even as our soul prosper, the word prosper means have a prosperous journey, meaning good journey. Um, a lot of people don't know that. Uh, you know, we live in a time of the prosperity gospel where everybody uses everything to to get money. They didn't got they got Jesus out of being a, a lowly savior um, to richer than Lazarus nowadays. Or the rich young ruler. But that's just the time we're living in. But anyway, um, we um, um, had a chance to meet some new people. And and then we went up and met, I think his name was um, Bishop Bishop Walker and the people up there. Um, very humble people. At least one thing they had um, that we all can agree on is they had holiness. They definitely had that. And that was a a breath of fresh air in itself just to see holiness. You know, so many people today claiming uh, to be holy yet so far from it, uh, both naturally and spiritually. Um, and then they were definitely lovers of hospitality. They would, and, and, and the man, um, the old prophet, he was um, 79 years old, very humble man too, very humble man. So, you know, it's, um, it's a lot of things that people um, – I guess in the time that we're living in now, they have no idea what people should be doing. They, um, even though while they're yet in the city or in what you would call Spartanburg, um, they have homes down there that they call, what they do is they get old homes and then they fix them up. And they, uh, big homes too, and they call them missions and they move families in them. So the old man is doing what the scripture says do, which is they're, they're taking care of the saints. Um, and no doubt, brothers and sisters, you know, we, um, who have sacrificed um, this life, whatever this life may be. Um, we've really given up nothing, those of us who understand, who have a good understanding. Uh, you might want to check out the video I did as of late called Prosperity Gospel. Um, you know, there's a communication and a message that goes on inside of people's minds whenever you start talking about being disciples of Christ. You know, they, they hear the same word you hear. Um, they can discern and, and see exactly which way it's going. It's just that some choose to obey and some choose to sell out their soul. And some choose to sell their um, soul cheap by having the pleasures of this world and the lust of other things and everything that this world has to offer 
and they trade it for eternal life because they say, I'm not going to do that, or I ain't going to do it, or I can't do that. Now, I tell you what, that would be a sad commentary uh, to stand before this loving king and then to figure out that you gave up these rags down here for the riches of glory. Uh, but yet and still, there's nothing we're going to do about it. People are doing it every single day, and that's just the type of value that people put up on their souls. They put a very cheap value up on their souls. So um, Jesus said it over in the Gospels that they have eyes, but they don't see. Why? Because they have actively, that's what they've done, they have closed them. Um, they have ears, but they don't hear. Why? Because they have shut them. They have a heart. They have shut it up. Don't want to proceed. Because why? All for one reason. If they saw, if they heard, and if they could proceed, then they will be converted. And today people don't want to be converted. You understand that, right? So since people don't want to be converted, um, that's why we have very few people standing for holiness. Hallelujah. And remember, there's a highway there. And that highway is called holiness. And the scripture says, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. The apostles were holy. The prophets were holy. Uh, the people were holy. The Bible is holy. We are holy. Our God is holy. And ain't nobody going to get there without being holy. And to be holy means a complete 100% change. That means if you love makeup, you hate it now. If you're a woman, you love wearing pants, you despise it now. You're a man, you love wearing shorts, you, you, you spurn it now. Whatever way you were in the old man, you now have a godly antipathy towards you hate it. It has become an enmity against you. And because we don't have that type of attitude today, that's the reason why you see very few people being converted. And that's why repentance today is almost a cuss word. Because nobody wants to be holy. None but the righteous shall see God. Somebody says, well, you know, you know, you, 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 it ain't going to take all that and everything. Well, it, I tell you what, it's not going to take all that. It's going to take more. And, and those things I mentioned are just the elementary things. They're, those are the, the beginning of things. Those are the little bitty things that, that it's easy to do. Yes, sir. Uh, the difficult thing is giving up that heart. Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's the truth. Um, while I was on the road, again, I had the Holy Spirit ministering to me this time. And, and what he had ministered to me in the in my spirit was, he is kind of like, him, you know, I was up, but I wasn't up. And then when I woke up, it was still with me. And, and this, is, this is what he, he said to me. He said, um, um, blessed are those which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And the way he quickened it to my spirit was he was talking about poor and rich. You see, the ones that are poor... They know what it means to be hungry. The ones that are rich, they don't know what it means to be hungry. So when the poor people who are familiar with hunger, 
they understand what it means to also have a spiritual hunger. First that which is natural, then that which is spiritual. The rich man don't understand what it means to have a, a hunger because he's never been hungry before naturally. And God has chosen the poor of this world rich in faith. That's the reason why the poor folk have a greater understanding of the most high than a rich man ever could have. So rich people, you need to enjoy your riches right now because you're going to spend a long time paying for them. And that's because we have very few people who would do as that kids. We have very few people. Um, we got plenty of the rich young rulers because people have made their trust in uncertain riches. But yeah, I was actually able to, to meet a people um, who are what you would consider to be poor but yet rich. Hallelujah. And that's what we look like. We look like we're poor, but yet we're rich. Hallelujah. Have no need of nothing. They have no need of nothing. But the one thing about it, I'm for sure that they're God's people. And this is, uh, you know, more that I can say for a lot of people that I've met and that I have met over the last few years uh, who have, have exhibited no characteristics or no traits of God, only in a hope so. I'm just about finished with people who don't ascribe to holiness. Because holiness is the only way. And that's the truth. Holiness is the only way. So, you know, your eyes should be changed. Your hearts should be converted. Um, your ears should hear different when you are holy. And that's the truth. Hallelujah. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit here tonight. We're going to talk about blessings and curses. <clears throat> um. This is a, a message that is neglected. I don't care what church you go to. It's just flat out neglected. And the one reason why it's neglected is because of the people don't have any understanding. And when I say people, I mean the leaders, the pastors, the teachers, the prophets, uh, whoever they may be or whatever call they may have upon their lives, they usually um, dodge subjects like this because they're very unpopular. After all, any message that you're dealing with when it comes to spiritual warfare, it's always an unpopular message because that means you have to turn your eyes off people and then you have to really start looking at yourself. And today, saving face has become a high commodity. Uh, people have put a, a heavy price on that. Um, pride is running thick and Leviathan is all over the place. Uh, so there's very few people that are humble or what we was use the word there's a word called humility. There's very few people that exhibit the spirit of humility in this late hour that we're living in right now. Um, and, and very few people are, are word people. You know, Jesus said himself that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded forth out of the mouth of God, but by every word that proceeded forth out of the mouth of God. And, of course, people today have trust more in their hearts, trust more in their opinions than they have the word. That's the reason why there are so many divisions, because the word has not been rightly divided. Now, I'm not one that, that takes or I'm not one that ascribes to um, you don't need to go behind me and check me out. As a matter of fact, I'm, I've always been a direct opposite. Uh, I want you to prove all things like the scripture says, according to 1 Thessalonians 5.21, and hold fast to that which is good. 
I want you to check me out, check me in, check me up, check me down. Um, the Bible clearly, I want you to study to show yourself approved. Uh, you're not just here um, just to believe every idle word that I say or every word that I say just because I'm a preacher. Um, so, you know, I firmly believe that there is safety in a multitude of counselors. I don't believe I'm a sovereign solely by myself and I only and I only have the word of God in my mouth. I don't believe that one bit. I believe that's the reason why we're all ministers of God. Hallelujah. Uh, I believe that, that we have the ability to know him from the least to the greatest. And so you need to make sure, according to the scripture, let no man deceive you by any means. So since there's safety in the multitude of counsel, take that counsel and prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. Hallelujah. So we can all end up getting to the kingdom. Amen. Um. Now, the scriptures is, is vast, and there's no way tonight I can be able to cover this subject just in this little short period of time of study. The scripture is, is very detailed about blessings and curses. You can start all the way from Genesis and go all the way to Revelations. And, of course, if people ascribe to a Christian doctrine without any understanding, and if we follow this Christian spirit today, uh, of course, nobody would be under a blessing or nobody will be under a cursing. Or they would, everybody will be blessed and nobody will be cursed then. And I submit because this spiritual hands-off attitude to get into subjects like this and to really understand them, I submit that that's the reason why um, that the Assemblies of the Most High is suffering a lot in this world, especially from a, a, a lot of things that have been passed down the generations that we refuse to deal with. You know, you can just simply ignore and neglect something, and still that will be a rejection and a refusal to deal with. And I submit also if you ignore and you reject, that means you also um, have rejected the knowledge of God. Because he clearly says in Hosea 4, 6, that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Now, it's not because there's not an abundant supply of knowledge made available, because there is. But the attitude of God's people when knowledge comes is we are very apathetic, we're very complacent, uh, we're very lackadaisical, uh, we're just, just easy going, and, and um, you know, we, we, if we're not careful, we'll get into the same spirit that we were in before we were born again, before the spirit came up on us. Uh, we would put the Bible on the shelf and we'll just start uh, trusting in our own flesh, which will bring a curse. And we'll start leaning to it and acknowledging it. And we'll think that the little bit of knowledge that we put inside of our heads is enough to take us through. When I'm telling you right now that if you lose your hunger and if you lose your thirst to be righteous, that means you have ceased from being right. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but the, the scriptures... Um, especially when you look in the book of Psalms. When you look in the book of Psalms, we know that King Dawi, or he is called David, King David. When you look at some of those spine-chilling curses that he put up on people, and I mean to tell you, he did not make any apologies for doing it either. I mean, those people of that time, our people of that time, they understood what it meant to bless and to curse. Now, the one thing about being Israelites is, is that, you know, it makes no difference if somebody tries to curse us. Are you following me? 
because they are going to bring a curse upon their own selves. You cannot touch God's anointed and expect to go unscathed in this world because it's a spiritual law and it must be understood by the lawgiver himself. You must understand the lawgiver himself and how he applies his laws and how he thinks. Because um, those the, the ble he, is, he has blessed us as a people. And that's one thing about being an Israelite. You know, we, we, we have an opportunity and a chance to um, undo and repeal a lot of curses that have been handed down to us through the generations and break off a lot of these um, crazy mindsets and these mind-altering egos um, and funny ways that we have about ourselves. But you cannot be a disciple of Christ and remain passive. You have to be active in his walk every single day of your life. You can't be mindless and be mind-numbed. You, you must remain active. If you don't remain active, your descendants will not remain active. You don't have a hunger and a thirst for the Most High. Forget about your children. They wouldn't even know what it means because they have followed your example. Hallelujah. But blessings and curses is just part of life regardless of this so-called pseudo-Christian lie of this grace thing. They have graced everything and they have done away with everything that the law no longer applies and graces up on everything, but yet and still we're the sickest nation on the face of planet Earth. We have witchcraft running rampant from one end of this um, land of the United States of America all the way to the other. We have diseases that is untold of. It's not even written in this book. Amen. The churches are dysfunctional. The homes are dysfunctional. Uh, the, 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 the rise of certain Satan is, is, is running rampant all over the place. Moral decline, spiritual bankruptcy, spiritual degradation. Uh, we, we are just impotent when it comes to real true service to the most high. We're lacking greatly. And then, of course, last but not least, um, this homosexual spirit and lesbian spirit that's running all over across this land like there's no tomorrow. We know that we're in the end times because this is the end time spirit. Of course, that is also a curse that has come up on the people when you see this. So we are going to go over a few things to learn a little bit because, you know, I told you that after we had got finished um, with the Feast of the Most High, that we're going to be getting our way and working our way back into a, a, a deeper level of understanding when it comes to spiritual warfare, where it means we're going to go into places and, and go a little bit deeper into places and stuff because they're also, you know, you, that's just the way it is with human nature. You know, if you don't continue to practice something, then you'll end up neglecting. And when you neglect, you, you'll feel like, okay, well, I'm, I no longer need it and stuff, and you won't even know when you're under attack because if you don't keep your cutting edge, then cutting edge translate words spiritually to discernment. You, you're no longer to be able to discern what's good and what's evil. If something is happening with you or, or somebody else, a brother or sister, um, we, we'll go back into the old nature of pointing fingers and accusing each other rather than trying to find out what is the spiritual problem, the spiritual energy that's going on behind all this. Hallelujah. So we got to get back on point more than anything. Hallelujah. Now, Proverbs 26.2 says, <clears throat> 
As the bird by wandering, and as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. Now, there is always a cause for a curse. It just doesn't come and land over in your, on, on your part of your um, homestead or you yourself without a cause. There's been a cause, whether you understand it or not. You know, I was able to look into the scriptures a little bit earlier and found out that, you know, we had Joshua um, pronounce the curse upon anyone who would try to build upon this land. And 500 years later, somebody went and built on the land, and they end, both the sons end up dying. You say, what, 500 years? Yep, 500 years. 500 years later. So, you know, and, and you think about the commandments within itself. Let's go over here for a second. Let's see if, if the Most High means business. Now, today the commandments have become ten suggestions. Nevertheless, with the righteous, they are still what they have always been. They're the commandments that we read upon this parchment, but yet they're on the tables of our heart. That's the reason why they, they mean so much to us because it's part of the covenant agreement. That whereas a lot of our people said amen, many of them had it in their heart to not do it at all. When we said amen, we really meant business with him. Hallelujah. So he said, they're going to start over in Exodus 20, verse 3. <clears throat> and look what he says right here. He says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image of any likeness of anything that is in heaven above. Do you hear that? He's telling you not to have no other gods. And he's commanding us to not make what? Any graven images. And you look at all, look at this land. I don't care what church you go into. They got images all over the place. If they don't have um, statues of dead saints and miniature figures, then they have these crosses up all over the place. If they don't have these crosses, then they have moons. They don't have moons, and they have these stars. They don't have stars. They got these dead monks. They got pictures of so-called pictures of Jesus, so-called pictures of, of Mary. And, and let's read the commandment, though, because I, I believe in this country that we're an educated people, but yet I believe we've been trained and not educated. When I'm using educated in this form, I mean that we have the ability to comprehend what we read. So that we're not going to. Uh, set up here and say that well that's your interpretation or that's my interpretation we're all going to read this thing and come to an understanding amen and we're going to also go over here in the book and find out that whenever the people had a charge before they could even go into the promised land they would have had to agree from the for the blessings of it as well as the cursings and they verbally had to give an agreement with their mouth by saying amen did y'all hear that? And what are we dealing with more than anything in church? A mute spirit. You preach God's word, you teach God's word, the people are inactive. Very passive. I mean, they're just, they're just like in a, they're in a drone stage or something. And nobody wants to be active with the word. The scriptures teach you that knowledge of truth, though, doesn't it? Hallelujah. And the reason why you're knowledge of truth is to hope to be godly. So, could there be that there's some curse upon you, the reason why you can't acknowledge the truth? Because I guarantee you, if somebody says the truth and, and we know we're supposed to acknowledge, everyone will say, yes, I know I'm supposed to acknowledge, but what do we do? Hallelujah. But let's get back to this, and let's define this. Verse 4, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images or any likeness, of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is the water under the earth. And of course, what else is another one of those greatest abominations that's sitting up in churches? 
Fishes. Fishes. No wonder he covers the water. <laughs> and then you go over in Deuteronomy 4.28, he tells you about wood and stone. And, but in direct opposition. And we're going to modernize everything. And we're going to tell God the way we see it. In direct opposition to his holy commandments and stuff, you'll see that people have gone about to establish their own religion. They're not in the belief that we're in. See, we're not a religion. We are a belief. And that belief is the only one true belief. And that's in the one true God. Hallelujah. But look what he says right here. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. Y'all hear that? For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Now here it is. Visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the what? Children. That means if the fathers sinned, whatever sin that they done is going to go to their children's children. So he says, visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the, upon, unto the children unto the third and the fourth generation. Look what he says. Of them that hate me. So that means when somebody sins against the Most High, you hate him. I don't care if you're called an Israelite or a sinner, saint, or an ain't. You go against his commandments, you are demonstrating hate towards him. That's the reason why he's given us the provision of repentance through the blood of Christ. Because every time that anyone sins against the desert, he has already provided an atonement and a reconciliation. He wants to reconcile his people back to him. And he's done that by the atoning blood of Christ himself. And when we have understanding of this, then we would understand how grave and how messed up and, and how bad it is to disobey the Holy One of Israel. So if you sin, you're bringing a curse upon your children, children, upon your children and upon their children. Let's read it again. Thou shalt not bow down the to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord our God, am a jealous God, visit the iniquities of of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation of them that hate me. Now, you remember Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17, think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I come not to destroy, but to what? Fulfill. Did you hear that? So, until heaven and earth pass away, there's not one jot or one tittle that shall in no wise pass from the law. Did y'all hear that? It's going to be here. Has heaven and earth passed away yet? Can you still look up and see a heaven? Are we still, do we still have our feet on this earth? Has it passed away? Then the law is not done away with then. Do we understand that? Huh? The writer said in Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means these scriptures are inspired. So we need to, uh, what we need to do is reprogram ourselves from the way we have been programmed through this false religion called Christianity. Because what it's done is made light of the importance of obedience to the commandments of God. Amen. And I submit to you that the only people who are blessed people are those who can obey him. Right. But then look what the Most High says. He says in the sixth verse, and showing mercy unto the thousands of them, what does he show? Mercy, mercy unto the thousands of them. Now mercy is usually a, a word that is synonymous with grace. Yeah. Are you following me? So he showed mercy unto the thousands of them that do what? Love me and keep his commandments. Did you hear that? Hear that? 
showing mercy unto a thousand of them that love me and keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. And what do we hear? We always hearing about the commandments are done away with. You know, I, while I was in South Carolina this past Sabbath, um, I made sure I drove that point home that, that whatever you see that is written down in the Torah and the Tanakh, in the law and the testimony, don't you think for one minute that has ever been done away with. The covenant that he established with Israel and with Judah over in Jeremiah 31 and Ezekiel 36 is the same one you read about over in Hebrews. And he has not changed his mind towards his people whatsoever at all. And so if there's a spirit that's trying to tell you that this law has been done away with and we, it no longer applies, you have to be careful that you don't follow that antichrist spirit because it will lead you into a perdition. It will lead you into being a worker of iniquity. In Malachi 3.6, the Most High said himself, I am the Lord my, thy God and I change not. So he doesn't change. So no matter what way that people may try to present something to you, I don't care how good it sounds, the one attribute and the one characteristic that we, the one characteristic we know about our God is he never changes. Bar none. So when he gave us these Ten Commandments, he was not giving us ten suggestions. And it's amazing how that we can read all throughout the book from Genesis to Revelation. When you get down to this fourth commandment, you got one, two, three, four, five, six as the days were called, but this is the only day that the Most High gave a name to. He called it the Sabbath, and Christianity has been instrumental, instrumental in removing that commandment out of the conscience. You know the reason why? Because, see, if you don't know the law, and you don't know what it says, you wouldn't even know what the penalty is sin. Now, you think about that for a moment. Where there is no, trans, where's no sin, there is no transgression. For sin is a transgression of the what? Law. law. So this pseudo-lying religion called Christianity did what? Do away with the law so we can make sure there's no sin. So that's the reason why you got homosexuals and lesbians running around all over the place today. And nobody is condemned. Nobody's even convicted by the depraved nature and the depravity that they're in today. Because guess what? They've done away with the law. So therefore, since there's no law, there's no sin. Well, I believe. That the Lord thy God changes not. And I believe that in order to have salvation, you're going to have to confess your sins. And since confession is still in order, even in a new covenant, that means that the law is still in effect. So he gave us these ten commandments. And that fourth commandment, if you knew what the law says, has always been a test of your heart to see if you will obey him or not. That's what that fourth commandment is. So it's been a, the fourth commandment or the Sabbath day has had all types of attacks, all types of intellectual ways to explain it away, but yet and still it still stands. It stands in the Gospels. It stands in the book of Acts of the Apostles. It stands in the Epistles. It stands in the book of Revelation. It stands in the beginning, Alpha, and in the end, Omega. He doesn't change. So if there's any other spirit that's trying to tell you that the Sabbath day is done away with, you might well bear with them, but you know that those spirits right there, I, hey, I'm going to let something, I'll let you in on this too. There will be those who teach people against the commandments and still make it to the kingdom. But they will be the least, what Jesus said, in the kingdom of heaven. 
The ones who are going to be great are the ones who teach the commandments that men should do them. And I'm not trying to be the least or come behind in anything when it comes in the service of God. And neither am I making excuses for it because there are other people who hold the truth in unrighteousness, who are workers of iniquity, who are selling men's soul because the blind lead the blind and they're going into perdition into the eternal lake of fire by teaching lies knowingly and willfully teaching them. But here we believe in teaching the book. Hallelujah. So that Sabbath day is very important. I don't care what, I don't care how people dress it up. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Not only that, we believe that, that Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. Do we not? Now since he was God manifested in the flesh, what was his custom? He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. That means even God keeps his word. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? Why come God keeps his word? Because he cannot lie. That's just the way he is. Isn't that beautiful? Hallelujah. And we know that the scriptures cannot be broken. Is that right? So if there was blessings and curses under the old covenant, then guess what? There are blessings and curses under the new covenant. Just because you ignore them. Act like that they're not here or you want to do away with them or remove them from your consciousness, either from the forethought of your mind. It does not mean that you're not a recipient, either blessings or curses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, just think about it. a rich folk can be blessed at the same time be cursed. He can be blessed because he has no need of nothing in his life and then go to hell. Yes, sir. Oh, boy. You thinking about that woman? Hallelujah. Is that not the truth? Why? Because the scriptures cannot be broken. Hallelujah. So, men of God, believe it or not, we can read it in here. They bless and they curse folk. So we, what we do is we get there, we read one scripture in the New Testament, and we, we read bless and curse not, and we think we have the understanding of everything. And we'll just throw out all scriptures, give my inspiration to God. You see what I'm talking about? They have done a job on the mindset of us as a people. I'm serious. That's why we as Israel, we have to get back to our heritage. Hallelujah. We had to get back to our people, which was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's our fathers. Our fathers, not George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and Benjamin Franklin. Hallelujah. Amen. Our father is the father of faith. Hallelujah. Have you ever dealt with different points in your life where it seems like you, you, you know you're dealing with something and, and, and you're, you're trying to get free? And even if you're not trying to get free, you're aware that there seems like every time you try to get ahead, there's something that holds me back. Hmm? And, of course, those of us in Christ, our concern is getting closer to Jesus. Our concern is true worship. Hallelujah. And that's, that's our main concern. Well, you know, it could be that you probably have overlooked certain curses that have been taking place in life. You see here, you know, I don't have to go back and give us the elementary teaching of curses and stuff. I can just kind of like jump right on in it because we've been taught over the years um, through spiritual warfare and the deliverance teaching and stuff that we have a good understanding of what's taking place so I can just go on right on in it. But there are things in our life that seems like we just can't shake. Hmm? 
changes that go on in your body. It's like long-standing things. You're like, what in the world is going on? I should have been healthy. I should have been delivered from this a long, long time ago, and yet and still I'm not delivered. Chances are we probably need to go look into that rim in case somebody who may have put a curse upon us. I'm not too much concerned about heathens because that curse is not going to go too far. But there are other people who don't know that they're Israelites who criticize and speak negative of you and, and hate you and could invoke curses upon you. You know, no matter what, when you speak negatively, there's an energy that Satan picks up on and he uses. And that's many times, you know, we're, you know, we're spiritual people because we, we live this thing every single day. And, you know, we can walk down the land or we can be in home or something. We can tell when something like a heaviness or something come up. We go, whoa, 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 where that come from? Oh, you understand what I mean? Or, or certain, see, that's called spiritual awareness or seeing with spiritual eyes, having discernment of the spirit. Amen? So what needs to take place then? Well, we need to figure out exactly what is the nature of what's happening or what is not happening. Now, let me capitalize on that. What is happening, we need to get sober to what's happening and also what is not happening. All this is information that will tell you something. Because you need to have good intel in order to learn how to revoke curses. Hallelujah. You need to have good intel. So, um, a lot of times there's blocks to healing simply because we, we, we don't even understand what's going on. We don't know what our generations was doing behind us 100 years or 200 years. We just don't know. But yet and still, it's amazing how... You know, people say, well, you know, we, we, we can't be cursing nothing like that. Okay, but then you're a Christian, you got diabetes. And your mama had diabetes. And your grandmama had diabetes. And, and they great before them had diabetes. But, but yet we can't be cursed. Now, diabetes is either a blessing or a cursing. That's all there is to it. Which one is it? Because the king promised us that if we keep his commandments, he's not going to lay none of these diseases on us. Isn't that right? So if you're a believer and you're claiming to have a diabetes, or you do have, you've been diagnosed with and stuff, and you got some serious problems, don't you? So, you see, there are a lot of things that we have inherited from our sinful past, sinful nature that needs to be done away with. They need to be done. We got a lot still to work through. You know, this spirit that tries to tell us, since we're born again and stuff, um, that, that we don't have no spirits, we got nothing to deal with, we're all protected by the blood and all that other stuff, then, you know, that's, that's one good way to put people's mind not on God, that's, one, that's, a, that's a good way so that you don't have to put on your helmet of salvation. You can leave your arm over to the side. There's no need because there's no fight. But I'm still inclined to believe what the scripture says, that we need to put on the whole armor of God. It didn't say put it over in a corner. It said put the stuff on. And you need to be prepared for war. So we have been disarmed. We've been disarmed by sayings. We've been disarmed by, by, by enticing words of so-called men's women of corrupt minds. That's what we've been, we've been affected by this stuff, brothers and sisters. And all it's done is made us lazy soldiers. Hallelujah. No, but we're warriors. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Now, you understand as well as I do, especially if you're a preacher. You're a preacher, you're a pastor, call it this, you might as well just draw a big old bulls out in front of your chest. Because Satan has already made you, boy, he, he has gotten mad as hell at you. And he's gunning for you because if he can smite you, he can get the sheep. 
So that's the reason why that you see a lot of these big gigantic ministries now coming under scrutiny. Bam, because of the because of sin. Yes, sir. You see what's going on because man, you smite that shepherd. What is the what is the old spiritual adage? The sheep will scatter. And you know how many times sheep scatter every time the shepherd is smitten? Well, if they didn't set the man up as God, then they wouldn't be so appalled if he does get to fall. You know what I mean? The scripture says a righteous man will fall seven times. Is that right? Okay, but, but not our pastor. Now, you can, but not your pastor. You know, not, not, not your deacon, not the elder. But Oh, boy. See, we, woo, we've, been, we've been messed up, brothers and sisters. We, we really, truly have. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We're going to get into some more scriptures here. All right, let's go over here and look at something over here. Let, um, <clears throat> words are charged with power. Hmm? Words are charged with power. Again, I cannot go over and, and, and cover this subject right here in just one, one little Bible study, one Bible class. It's impossible. Are you following me? But words carry power. Hallelujah. Amen. Genesis 12.1. Genesis 12.1. And, of course, this is the blessings that come upon Abraham and his seed, which just so happened to be us. Amen. We could, because we are Abraham's seed. Are you in Christ? Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Hallelujah. Amen. So Genesis 12.1. Let's look at this thing, okay? We're going we're gonna to look at this thing for a second, all right? It says, now the Most High said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country. Do what? Yeah, you know, it's amazing that I guess, I guess the Most High is respect of persons. He can tell everybody else and give them a command to do all this, but yet when it comes to me, we, we, we're not responsible for anything. We don't have to do anything. We have no obligations for nothing. <laughs> Isn't that something? You know, we read these things, that's for everybody else, but it ain't for me, even in our time. Anyway, we're going to read these points, these final points here, though, okay? You're going to get to read these final points. Say, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Let's look at this. Now, I, when I read this, I come up with seven of them. There are seven things that God said he was going to do with Abraham. Seven blessings. And I will make thee a great nation. All that is predicated upon obedience, though. You first got to move, Abram, and do what I tell you. Isn't that right? And I will bless thee. Now, I think having the blessings of the king, that, that, that's big. Huh? And look at this. And make thy name great. Is his name not great? Even until this time, is his name not great? Huh? Look at this. And only he said, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now, mind you, we all know the count that, that Abraham, he died having not yet received the promises. But let me tell you something. He did receive the promise. Ah. See, people don't, they don't understand. They really don't understand because why we're so wired towards everything naturally, we forget about the eternal kingdom to come. This is a very temporary state. With strangers and pilgrims in this foreign land, we're just passing through. But I'm going to tell you right now that Abraham, not only did he inherit the blessing, yes, sir. 
Now you're talking about the blessing naturally here right now. Uh-uh, but he got the blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And look what it says right here. Look at this. And I will bless them that bless thee. Did you hear that? See, these promises or these blessings were not only just for Abraham himself, but they come up on his seed. I know that the Most High is speaking to Abraham, but it comes up on his seed too. And look what else he said. And curse him that curseth thee. So you people better be careful how you talk to me. Amen. It makes no difference to me whether you understand it or not. Yeah. Hallelujah. Do y'all see how much I worry about people? Tell me how long I worry about people. Uh, you got that right. Every bit about that long. Huh? And look what he says. So you see all these, right? And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Did you hear that? So, I mean, you, you got a lot that's going on right here. Are you following me? Now, the look at, the, look at the, the one I call right here, um, verse 6. I mean, uh, number 6. And curse him that curseth thee. Do you think God means business? Absolutely. See, he's got the blessings and he's got the cursings. Yeah. Isn't that something? So who God can bless, can't nobody curse. That is true, right? You'll be you're cursed, but you'll be doing it to your own apparel. Yeah. Ah, isn't that right? But I told you, there is a difference, though. When it comes from one Israelite to another. From one Israelite to another. Ah, watch this. We'll go on. Um, so when God calls a man to a, a special task, I mean, he, he's got a heavy load set up on him. We're going to go to Genesis twenty two sixteen. all right? He's got a heavy, 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 heavy load up on him. Hallelujah. But, you know, the Most High has built in a protection clause for us Israelites. What we need to do is cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. Somebody said, what do you mean clear? I told you. I've said it once. I said it a thousand times. How many times y'all hear me quote this scripture? I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord. Y'all ever heard me quote that before? And don't, let me see, don't, I, I, I think I explained it like this. Let me see. When the king saved you, he saved your spirit. That's right. Is that right? And, of course, the spirit consists of the soul and the body. You know, you, that's where the spirit resides, in the soul and body. All right? But then, but the cleansing of your soul, which still happens to consist of your mind, your will, and emotions, he leaves it up to you. Yeah. Cleansing of your body, he leaves it up to you. Yeah. That's why you need to be instrumental in investing in yourself for health. If your spirit got to be cleansed, it's got to be holy. Then your soul got to be cleansed, it's got to be holy. Then guess what? Your body got to be cleansed, it's got to be holy too. See, we have a lot of, a lot of ways we got to get rid of from this American mindset that we picked up on. Hallelujah. I mean, come on, Israel. It, does, it doesn't do us no good to say, well, we're better than them heathens out there. They're not our measuring stick. Hallelujah. Amen. Genesis 22, 16. Let's read what the scripture says. This is what the book says. And said, by myself I have sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sands which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate 
of his enemies. Even way back then, we still got a promise. We're going to get these gates, brothers and sisters. They promised to us. There ain't nothing that our enemies can do about it. Nothing you Americans can do about it. We're still going to get them. Hallelujah. Somebody said, why do you keep calling America's enemies? Because I know what the book says. I know who my enemies is. I'm not going to let you define me who my enemies are. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then I definitely would have my arm off then, wouldn't I? Look at this. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast what? Obeyed my voice. So blessings come because of obedience. Blessings come because of obedience. Blessings come because of obedience. Y'all hearing this? Let's get this through our thick heads. Blessings come because of obedience. Let's go on down to Genesis 27, 24, okay? So we see that all these blessings come because somebody had to obey. Hallelujah. So whenever there's um, this, this enticement to disobey, you need to cast that thing aside real quick. And don't bring a curse upon yourself. Be obedient now. Hallelujah. See, disobedience doesn't tell you that there's a payment for it. If there's a payment and a just recompense for every iniquity and transgression and stuff, then wouldn't you think that would be a payment for blessings too? We're seeing it. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Genesis 27 verse 24. And say it. <clears throat> and he said, thou art my very son Esau. We're looking at Jacob here. Jacob and Esau account right here. Look what he says. And he said, I am. Now you know that Jacob had just got finished deceiving. Uh, I mean that, um, uh, yeah, Jacob just got finished deceiving Isaac. We understand, right? You, we understand that he, they killed a lamb and dressed it up, venison and everything, and he and he uh, took Esau clothes and stuff, and and then he put the lamb stuff on him for to make him look like he was ruddy and and rough and all this old other stuff, and you know because Esau was hairy and Jacob was smooth. Is that right? All right, and said, "Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee." That is what may bless thee. His soul may bless thee. And he bought it near him, and he did eat. And he bought him a wine, and he drank. Oh, you know you supposed to drink no wine. Hold on, hold on. Boy, y'all folks something else. Hmm? I said to somebody this past weekend, I said, I don't know what to do today. Because I read that if, if anybody raises up, you know, if, first thing, if, if a man raises up and he speaks against strong drink, you're going to make him a prophet of the Lord. And then... John the Baptist, he didn't come drinking wine. And y'all said he full of the devil. And then Jesus come drinking wine, and you say he's full of the devil. So with a twisted mind like that, why should I hear anything they got to say? Since they don't have any understanding. Yeah, am I making any sense, brothers and sisters? You don't have time, you don't even know what to believe. It's because many people have not been anointed and appointed. Amen. Mama called and daddy sent. It's just, they're messing things up. And they're the simple ones that want to, some people have a real true heart to want to hear God. Y'all hear this email I've been dealing with lately. I meant to bring it, but I didn't bring it. I'll see about making a copy of it and reading it to y'all. It, it ought to break your heart. But I think that that the Most High has been able to draw somebody back to himself by listening to this ministry right here. Praise 
They, they, they've been spending hours upon hours upon hours upon hours. I'll, I'll just go over it briefly for a moment. This lady was a Sunday school teacher. And um, her and her husband went to this Baptist church. And the, the students kept asking her about the Sabbath day. And so she went to the pastor and asked the pastor, what should I do? Because she knew the truth about the Sabbath, yet even though she attended church on Sunday. The pastor's instruction to her was, don't tell them anything outside of our church doctrine. So she said she resigned and she stopped going to church. And then she went on this quest, going through all these different religions, trying to find the truth. Even to the point she said, this Jesus thing, it ain't nothing but a false thing. It, this, this is just a, nothing but just a, it, it, this is the biggest sellout, biggest show on earth right here. It ain't nothing to this thing. It ain't nothing to it at all. Well, then she heard my message <laughs> on the truth about Christianity. Huh. Y'all hear that? Because y'all know that over the years, we've always made a distinction between the false Jesus and the real Jesus. And so it, it cut on a light bulb. Bing! And there's been a spark and some hope coming to her. And she's like, that, that's it right there. And so you can look at her page and tell, you know, you wouldn't even be able to tell she ever had a relationship with God. And now she's emailing me and, and, and getting all these answers and stuff, and she keeps listening to all the videos and stuff. And, and I have to catch up on my messages because I've been out this weekend and stuff, and i got a big old stack I have to deal with. Um, but, you know, it's worth it all when you get one person who the Most High has drawn himself, and she now she got an understanding. Now she's asking me, uh, what, what should – should I call him? What, what should I call him? <laughs> you understand what I mean? Because she understands that there's a distinct difference between the false Jesus that has been preached here in America every time you cut on the TV, every time a church door is open on Sunday. They understand that. And on the Sabbath. Yeah. <coughs> and then she understands that there's a real one. Yeah. You know, because we went over that 2 Corinthians um, chapter 11, who Paul warned Amen. again and again about if somebody come and preach another Jesus. And that's all America's ever had preached to it was another Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So um, she, she's encouraged. All right, let me go on now. All right. Um, verse, uh, Genesis 27, starting in verse 26, going to pick up in verse 26. And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment. See, even Isaac was being a little witty here, wasn't he? He wanted to make sure. Why? Why do you want to make sure? I mean, even in his blind, he couldn't see in his blindness, so he had to, to trust in his other senses. And even then, he didn't want nobody coming in and trying to deceive him about this blessing because he knew it was a serious thing. Hallelujah. And blessed him and said, see. The smell of my son is as the smell of the field which the Lord have blessed. Therefore, God give thee, and he's, here's the blessing. Therefore, God give thee. You hear that? That's talking about the Most High, Almighty Yahweh himself. God give thee the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and the plenty of the corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren and let Thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Isn't that something? Watch this now. We heard the blessing, right? Cursed be everyone that curseth thee. And blessed be he that blessed thee. 
Blessings can determine people's destiny as well as curses. Let's go down to verse 33. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that have taken venison and bought it to me? And I have eaten of all before thou camest and have blessed him yet, and he shall be blessed. In other words, I cannot give you that blessing. I've already given it. Where is he at? There ain't nothing I can do anymore. It can't be revoked. Amen. Are y'all hearing this? That's the reason why, Israel, that old Pastor Dow continually, continually, all the time through preaching and teaching, always trying to teach us the importance of obedience to the Most High. Because it does nothing but bring up a, a hedge of protection around us. It brings blessings. Just like Job had a hedge of protection around where he couldn't be touched, that's what it would do. And when a people has determined and made it up in their mind that they're going to obey him no matter what. Amen? So God, we can see that he has spoke blessings and curses. Blessings and curses. Right here. So, hey, curses come up on individuals. It come up on nations. And, hey, he, he got it all figured out. It's just for us to understand what he is doing. Is that right? So, that's why it's difficult for people today to really truly know what's going on because this is all they're even taught. You know, grace has been a definition to do away with everything, and now everybody's just kind of smooth sailing. We're just kind of floating along. No, we ain't floating along. We're getting our behinds whooped. That's what we're doing. Ain't no floating to it. We're losing in a, in a, in a, on a grand scale. And that's just the truth. Uh, Deuteronomy 27, verse 11, all right? But yeah, brothers and sisters, you know just well as I do. You hear it all the time, almost daily. People talk about the devil as if he's some fictitious being way off in the wild blue yonder. He's not somebody that they really, truly uh, believe that exists. It's just something that they say. If he stood right in front of them, they wouldn't even know who he was. Because they have no discernment. None whatsoever at all. Amen. Am I making any sense? They're just simply not taught. Did not Christ himself say, Jesus said this, go and teach. Did he not say that? Yes, so every time we're ministering to somebody, what we're doing, we're trying to teach them the principles and the oracles of Christ. Now, only if the most high open their understanding, we know that they're one of us. If he doesn't open their understanding, then they're not one of us. There's nothing we can do about it. You don't have to worry about me. Somebody don't open it. Most I don't open up to understand somebody. You won't see me having too much fellowship. Now, I have some friends and stuff, you know what I mean, because the Bible says we can have that and stuff, but you won't see me having no, no what you call it, smackdown fellowship in there. I'm guarding my heart with all diligence. You better believe it. Deuteronomy 27, verse 11. And Moses charged the people the same day, saying, look what he says. These shall stand upon Mount Gerizim. To bless the people. To do what with the people? Bless. Now he's getting ready to take the tribes and split them up. Part of the tribes are going to speak blessings. Another part of the tribes, the heads of the tribe are going to speak curses. Watch what it says right here. To bless the people when you come over Jordan. What's over Jordan? The promised land. Simeon, Levite, Judah, Issachar, and Joseph, and Benjamin. Verse 13. And these shall stand up on Mount Ebal to what? Earth. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? 
Well, the most high created good, didn't he? He also said he created evil. Did he not? So if he's the God of blessing, he's also a God that can do what? Curse. So he's giving the people blessings and curses. He's giving it to them. Is that right? Reuben, Gad, and Asher, and Zebulun, Dan, and Nephilitai. Is that right? Now ask yourself a question today. How many of us have made a commitment to Jesus that we will serve the Father all the days of our life and said it? Ah, maybe if you have not said it, you probably repented, but you really truly didn't, you know, cross over Jordan. You didn't really truly make a commitment with your mouth. You didn't confess like you should. That's probably the reason why we got you so-called straddling the fence. Ain't no straddling the fence. You think you're straddling the fence. You're way between the balances, hanging between life and death. Oh, yeah. Huh? Ask yourself another question. When you made this commitment, did you say, I agree? Amen. All that the Most High said, I would do. Well, don't tell me we don't need to say that stuff. Our people had to say it. You see what this mess called Christianity has done, done with our minds? Done evilly affected us to the point we don't even know what honor and integrity is no more. Well, you know what it means to be a man or woman of a word. Well, that, that used to mean something. Uh-oh. How many times have we saw people in here and they answered him not a word? You remember when Elijah was up on Mount Carmel and he was telling them, choose you this day who is God, and they sit there mute? <laughs> you didn't tell me you don't know? <laughs> Hallelujah. We know. Isn't that right? Hey, you know, I, I mean to tear down Christianity with a, with a sledgehammer. I really, truly do. Because if there was something true about it, I would tell you. Hallelujah. And believe me, I didn't get to this point right here because I didn't have knowledge. Hmm? You know, I asked uh, somebody this past weekend, too, I asked him, I said, tell me one thing true about Christianity. And I said, I tell you, what, I'm not even going to leave it just to you, anybody in the room. Somebody said, Jesus. I said, you're not telling me nothing about Christianity because Jesus was not a Christian. Come on. I still, all these years, and haven't got an answer yet. Maybe one day I'll get one. Uh, I, you know, I'm doing it not because I'm trying to invoke and incite anger on folk. I'm trying to get people to think, yes, sir. I, I, want, I want to hear. It could be something. If it is, I'd like to know because I want to tell it. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell a story about a man named Jesus. And it's going to be a true one too. It ain't going to be some pseudo thing made up. Hallelujah. But anyway, we see right here blessings as well as what? Curses. Is that true? All right, watch this. Let's go on down here and let's read verse um, 15. All right. Curse be the man that maketh any graven or molten image an abomination unto Yahweh 
the work of the hands of the craftsmen. Now, don't tell me, brother, sister, we don't know what a statue is. Don't tell me we don't know what an idol is. No. See, what we've done, we replaced idol with the name statue. No, it's still, a, it's still an idol. And put it in a secret place, Ezekiel 8. And all the people shall answer and say, what? Amen. And all the people shall answer and say, Amen. I'm going to tell you one thing, brother and sister. You can get insight upon people when you read and go over stuff like this. If they can't say amen, then they got something that they're holding back. They got something that they're hiding in the secret place. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. When people don't answer, I've watched people very carefully. Yes, I do too. If I'm in general conversation, I'm there. They're not particularly saying nothing. I go, uh-huh. Gotcha. You think I don't know, don't you? Because I'm not saying nothing. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. I know we in the generation stand for nothing and fall for everything. Right? Right? Well, not this one. Not these people. Y'all pay attention to my words so we can get keen in discernment. You bringing up certain things and certain people just sitting back and not saying nothing. There's evil. And there's sin at the door. Why the wicked flee with no man pursue? The righteous have a character. Bold as a lion. Uh-oh. And they said. No, okay. Still can't get everybody. It's all right. So in hey, I'm going to go over it for a second because I want to show you something. All right. I, is that all right if we extend this? Ten more minutes. Huh? Ten more minutes. Cause this, this, this is good. Is it not good? Let me go to verse two. Oh, okay. Let me get over here. Let me get over because I want to make sure I don't miss anything. Huh? I'm going to show you something. Look at this. <coughs> Excuse me. The problem we've got today is people become bumbling idiots. Drooling at the mouth. They don't even know how to discern good and evil no more. Hmm? They have no answers today for no spiritual problems whatsoever at all. Constantly trying to solve spiritual problems with natural means. That, that's what they do, man. That's just what they do. That's what they do. Watch this. We're going to go over here. Um, you know, we're in a pretty sad state today. We can't identify and diagnose problems. I mean, we're pretty bad. We're pretty bad when we have to always go to the doctor to identify and diagnose the problem. Mindless minions. What do people do before hospital? Hospital is a relatively new thing. Things only been in existence the last maybe 80 years. Yeah. What, we, what, what did we do? Probably not even that long. No. Dumb down, America. Yeah. See, they have taken the key of knowledge. Right. Swept it right off money. And here we are trying to give you the keys to the kingdom. Because Christ gave it to us, his people, and all we're supposed to do is pass it down and pass it around our people. Oh, okay. All right. I know King gave us the keys. Hallelujah. Amen. We just dumb. Help us, Jesus. Let's read verse 16. You ready? Look at this. Cursed be he that seeth light by his father or his mother, and all the people shall say what? Amen. You know what that means? That basically what they're saying is, don't you dishonor your mother or your father. Don't make light of them. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I have never 
since I've come to the knowledge of the truth at a very early age in my young, young Israelite walk. I've never seen anyone who have, who have done negatively, spoke negatively, treated your, their parents negatively, ever been blessed. I've never saw it. That is the first commandment with promise. We live in a rebellious generation. I didn't say you had to agree with them on points where they're wrong. I'm telling you, there's an honor factor there, though. Oh, boy. I don't care how, 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 what you may think. You better get it. I've never seen it well with anyone. I've seen stupid people talk to their mom and dad like they would somebody on the block. Get ready for a curse. Because you just broke the commandment. Oh, boy. I'm telling you, it's a very precarious situation. You better know what you're doing. And you better know how you do it. Scripture says when you do good, know who you do it to. Know to whom you're doing it to. So you need to know what you're doing. Oh, boy. Whew. And all the people said, Amen. All right, verse 17. Cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark, and all the people say, Amen. Uh-huh. People shall say amen, huh? All right. 18. Cursed be he that maketh the blind to wander out of the way, and, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that perverteth judgment amen. of the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, and all the people shall say, Amen. You know, take advantage of folk. Yes, you know, uh, 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 using judgment because it fits, because that's your favorite. Yes. Right. Yes, sir. That's my friend. Right. You know, you, we're kind of fond to the people who we are close to. Yes, sir. Uh-oh. Amen. The Bible says you'd be cursed if you, come on. Yeah, you don't show no partiality in judgment. But you got your favorites, don't you? You ever notice how you treat what you call your own different than everybody else? You ever notice how long-suffering you are, what you call your own and everybody else? And all the people said, Amen. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Ha! We're going to get that. Yeah, I'm getting in the house. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. Tell you it did say it like that, Pastor. Well, since we're going to modernize everything, we're going to bring it on up online then. <laughs> All right. 19, curse be he that perverted. Oh, we did that. All right. Verse 20, curse be he that lied with his father's wife because he uncovered his father's skirt. And all the people shall say, Amen. You know, I've been dealing with people over and over again. People say, people say you know, can I, I'm going to finish on this, okay? Because we, we go on down and we'll read all these curses, man. We can go all the way down to um, verse 26. Y'all read them, okay? All right, y'all make sure y'all read them and say amen out there, one of them. Amen. All right, hallelujah. Glory be to the king. But, you know, I often, often deal with people over and over again and stuff because, you know, believe me, brothers and sisters, I read books just like you do. It's just that I find it difficult just because it's written in a book to believe it, though. You know what I mean? If I read something in a book and it doesn't quicken in my spirit by what the word is already in my heart, 
I can't agree with it. Just because it's written down on a page don't mean it's the truth. Am I making any sense? But anyway, you get these people and these so-called uh, theologians. You know what I mean? And I don't know who they are. They're always so-called. And they always theologians said. And they always, man, what's their name? Who are they? But anyway, they say, well, you know, you know that first of all, they lie. And they, they say the curse was upon him because he saw his father's nakedness. And you know it's cursed to be Canaan. Y'all know that, right? Because you had to go read a book. But the thing about it is, it's Ham seeing his father's nakedness or, or man seeing another man is not a curse. If that's the case, then I guess Abraham was cursed because he had to circumcise all the people. When the covenant came in, the Bible said Abraham circumcised them. The Bible said Joshua circumcised them before they went in the promised land. It ain't no curse for no man to see a man. It's a curse for a man to see his father's wife. He was uncovering his father's nakedness by seeing his father's wife. Ain't I something? Remember, Abraham and him wasn't circumcised, and what did the father say to Abraham? You're going to circumcise every male. Hey, come here, boys. <laughs> Put it out there. <laughs> and the women are saying, No, amen. What in the world are y'all? A bunch of Canaanites? Y'all don't want y'all men circumcised? Y'all a bunch of Canaanites, Jebusites, Amorites, Moabites, Hittites? <coughs> I figured if you said man, if the man gets circumcised and it's not you, you would have said amen. I know. See, that's part of the curse like the spirit I keep telling you about. We're here, but we ain't here. Amen. Let me ask y'all. Did y'all understand what I said? Why are you so slow and hard in answering? The men understood. You know the reason why, right? Because they don't want to get circumcised. <laughs> they got it, boy. Y'all women don't know. Y'all think y'all got a pass. They got, hey, these Muslims, they're circumcising Muslim women over in other countries. Ah, yeah. 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 oh, anyway. Amen. But read all the rest of them. Amen. Amen. Hmm? And cursed be he that did not do of the law. Amen. You'll read that. It'll probably be the last one in that chapter right there, but you'll read it. So you see it. How important it is to be obedient. Yes, Hallelujah. Very important. You know, we get sound doctrine uh, preached here. I'm sorry, folks, I don't preach away. I have divested myself of everything I've ever learned from all these other pagan churches. I think it's just better just to stick with the law and the prophets. Hallelujah. What Christ said himself, because he the one ordained the law and prophets, and he the one put his words in their mouth. That's the reason why he said before Abraham was, I am. So he knew exactly who he was. The Ari sorry. He knew exactly who he was and who he is. Alpha and Omega, first and last, beginning and the end, the same yesterday, today, and forever, the great I am. Amen. And there ain't gonna be nobody after him. Glory to the king.
Anyway, I hope we got a little bit of understanding there. So, but you need to let these words sink down in your heart and meditate up on these things because, you know, you can hear this message again and again and still there will be something else that will be quickened to the spirit that you need to be paying attention to because God is in the sanctifying process of his people because he come to save his people from their sins. Father, we thank you for the words of truth. We pray that these sins sink deep down in our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless y'all. Have a good night.